And you can live in the day. Okay, so let's begin, Rush. Hey, everyone. And you know what? Uh, I was just listening to the uh, intro song while I was working out the other day, and I was like, man, I am pumped. (laughs) To the whole song? (laughs) Yeah, I listened to the whole song. And uh, the intro, you know, the podcast intro uh, sees, uh, what is it? Live in the the day. day. Live in the day. Appreciate that has a name. It's so... uh, there's so much more to that song. So if listeners, you know, it's it's Jordan Peterson and uh, who's the guy who Akira Dodon. There's a link to it in every podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. And click on that link and listen to the song fully. It's uh, man, it's such a good song. It's such a good song. It made me want to, and it reminded me of the podcast, and it made me want to like talk about stuff. It was great. It was great. <laughs> I like the association made you want to talk about stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I have a question for you so you can talk about stuff. <laughs> All right. I forgot where I wrote it down. Let's 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 get this straight. This isn't your average question. I'm excited. Like no, 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 no. It is. I'm just I don't want to phrase it wrong. Um because it's it's to do with what Okay, wait. The minor concussion isn't helping. Oh man! So, yeah. uh, so Rokas was gonna ask me a question about something <laughs> because he's been boxing with um, <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Uh, he has a minor concussion. I, I, unbelievable! And I recommended he wear headgear, and he said that the headgear doesn't work. Now that's ma- that's you know what works right just there. dodging the punches. That's the best <laughs> way. It's so hard. <clears throat> I am not a good boxer. I, I don't have fast reflexes. But you have a great mind. So mm. that needs to Sometimes. be preserved. Sometimes. Okay. I don't know. I'll I'll just wing it. So it was to do with Yeah, ballpark it. Yeah. Uh how how can you build high quality friendships? It was to do with that. So what is involved? Let's say from when you first meet someone, if you want to build a high quality friendship with them, what would you say? How would you go about it? Man, that's a good question. Holy crap. I've never, have I ever thought about that? How to build high quality friendships? Man. I'm trying to think first of like if I have any high quality friendships. Our friend. I have a handful. Of course. Well, we have a high quality friendship. Um, yeah. And I think, okay, what I've noticed in the world of elite performers. So uh, there's so many la- layers here. <clears throat> I'm going to speak from elite performance. I'm not going to speak from like regular people because they don't have high they have high quality friendships but that those have more to do with um time spent together um experiences having experiences with other people going on my friend adam and i we don't we're not together we're not elite performers but my bet my one of my best friends adam um who i grew up with um we talk uh every week we talk as much as we can and on a weekly basis arthur and i we talk almost every day on on text about what he's reading what i'm learning we bounce ideas off each other etc etc so that's one type of of meaningful relationship or friendship um exposure you need exposure to the other person to their mind and you need to be open to uh knowing what they know learning what they know so that you know two things you know what they know you know what you know people who don't develop high quality friendships the in other words the opposite of what we're talking about uh it's infrequent the topics of discussion when there is exposure to the other person are mundane 
um, run of the mill. Maybe they're just based on sports, things like that. Like, oh, I, yeah, I know that guy from work. That's more of an acquaintanceship, right? And those are good too. We want to have a lot of acquaintances because it builds a like a minor protective circle around our social influence. But the people on the inner circle, right? Like the core, you need deep exposure um, and time spent together developing uh, comfort around discussing topics that are uncomfortable. And there's that side of um, friendships. And then there's business relationships, business friendships around elite performance. And that was like the first thing that came to mind. Those type of friendships, you have to start a project with the other person. It, it, it can start out mundane, but what I notice in a world of elite performers, that's where I started, is that once you connect with someone uh, who you know you really connect with, one of the first things that they say is, let's, let's do something together. Let's create something together. I think within like our first two meetings, we decided to make a podcast we, to make that project. Over text was the first meeting, but first call we had, yeah, that's when we decided to make podcast. Yeah, yeah. So there was like a strong mutual interest of, of you know, value. Like, well, this, this is a person of substance. Let's keep, let's, let's develop something together. So like when I meet people um, and I notice that they have some kind of value, or they notice something in me. One of us will say that. One of us will say, let's work on something together. Not like, let's uh, watch a, a football game or something. Because that doesn't even come up. But it's like, let's work on something. So then, like a good example with Arthur. Actually, with a good example of both my friends. Uh, my good friends, Adam and Arthur. We've also worked on projects together. So it's easy to bounce back and forth between performance and like really solid friendship type relationship. It should be that easy. Um, my friend Adam, I married him and his wife. Um, Arthur, we started working on his book. I mean, multiple things going on there. So for some reason, what it comes to mind a lot is like my dad. Um, like my dad is like an average Joe. He's an average guy. He does some different stuff here and there. But for the most part, you know, he worked. He retired. He had, he, he had kids. He worked. Really likes bowling and biking and stuff like that and traveling. <clears throat> it's like your basic stuff. But he's kind of against doing too much. It's just not for him. Real estate. He could easily like have an extra house, rent it out, make more money. <clears throat> not his thing. It's just like, nah, too much. So with his friendships or with someone like that, their friendships, it's, 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 you know, it's basic all around stuff, life stuff. Um, but with networking, especially young people, young people are now geared towards networking more than ever. And we, you and I were just talking about networking before the show. There has to be some value there because we, we, we don't necessarily have time for like mundane friends anymore. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> I'm glad you're going that way because I was going to say, as you were speaking, you just briefly mentioned has some kind of value and i wrote that down because i wanted to touch back on it that yeah you you need to be able to provide some kind of value to that person and see that like they'd have value to provide back so it's an exchange of value a relationship with a high quality person would develop from being able to give value to them and them being able to give value to you from my perspective yeah, hundred percent. And and relationships too, like intimate relationships. That's number one. There has to be value there. If you 
if you're attracted to someone that's like base level one, you need that you get past very quickly. Level two is what's even better is that this person is better than I am in multiple regards. And you date up and you date someone who's knows more is more powerful, can teach you something. And the, 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 the paradox is you're both dating up. So you're both better at something than the other person. Um, turns out my, my Helena is better at everything than I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that's how you have a meaningful relationship is, is, is you are, you're valuing, upping your value by being around someone who's, who's uh, uh, has much more experience than you do. They're, they're moving towards their goals that are similar to yours in some way, like maybe it's not the exact same thing, but they're doing what they um, can to increase their, their personal value, their social status, something like that. Maybe they're um, extremely passionate about something and you admire that passion. There's got to be something there that you can relate to and that you can uh, learn something from. like uh my neighbors for example i don't think they listen to this show and they're great folks but there's nothing there and we we walk around the block and we our kids you know maya like has hung out with like their kid and stuff like that and we talk and like we've had a beer outside and everything and um but it's like there's nothing there there's there's no depth and I've tried to kind of probe their mind for depth. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this and see how they react, stuff like that. And it's like, oof, that's awkward. You know, it's really, it, it's, it's very difficult. And you say a few words and then it's like, okay, this person is on a whole other level. The, uh, there's nothing we got, no, no compatibility here. So there has to be a strong sense of compatibility. Um, I think with the neighbors, just to touch back on it, the education stopped at after school, most likely, and they haven't really focused on developing that mental mm. acuity sense. So, yeah, it's yeah, just stagnation sense. That's 100%. Yeah, people stop. And Stephen Covey talked about that a lot in um, Seven uh, Habits for Highly Effective uh, People which is uh, reading. People stop reading. They read only because they have to based on a grade. They graduate and then all reading stops. Education stops. Actually, I really admire Arthur because he's still reading. He's reading like a book a week or something. He's going to be on the show to talk about. He finished uh, Maps of Meaning, uh, Jordan Peterson's book from 1999. So he wants to talk about that on the show. He actually saw him uh, in person uh, at a live event, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, it would be good to have Offit back again. Haven't yeah, him here yeah, in a while. yeah. Actually, earlier when we were talking, I was thinking how many people we actually need to have back on the show. So we should probably focus true. on that. Yeah, true, we should yeah, probably, true. who have we had? Like, we'll make a list. I can help and I can, I can actually do something. And then uh, we'll kind of check off okay let's get this person back on that we could have like a, a long time of doing that um so yeah i think we're on the same page here like this uh it's 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 also it feels effortless in my opinion to have a high value uh high quality relationship like the person is just they're not hard to get to it's not like you're chasing someone because that's that's difficult that's more of a mentor mentee experience if you're like you have access to someone occasionally i have a trading mentor i i i pay for it i have actually access to him 24 7 um but he's not like a high quality like we don't talk about other things other than this one specific topic it's very focused and um it's there's a lot of value there but it there's a sense of um restriction and maybe it develops more i don't know but you have a feeling of of restriction 
with someone you you meet online or in person in your life and you want to develop like a lifelong quality thing that there's no sense of restriction it's very open it's very fluid you're not a client of the person that's that's when it's more mentor uh very different very different do you, do you have you ever is that something that kind of makes sense or do you think it's more fluid than that uh, and maybe it is more fluid yeah it's interesting you say that because now i'm thinking of the differences because when i first reached out to you i definitely saw you as a mentor yeah <clears throat> probably even at least the first even year of us recording there's always you as the mentor i think sure. only when you found out about my stocks history crypto when i was able to start giving value to you that became a lot more of a friendship and since then like we've exchanged quite a lot of value and yeah developed our, our friendship i'll say that again i think i um, i i can yeah. i can see that yeah pretty clearly that's that's very true because it's um it's one way for the mentor it, it's it's the mentor gets a lot back in terms of success of their um their mentee, uh, their student, so to speak. Uh, and that's extremely fulfilling and rewarding in and of itself. Um, but you're right. Uh, when the student, I, it's like a cliche saying, when the student becomes the teacher, then it's like, all right, now we can like, we're even better than we were before. This is much better. And I would hope that that's the goal of every uh, mentorship. Like if your mentee, if, if, if the person you're trying to uplift can in turn uplift you, boom, full circle, you've created an individual that's very powerful, who's hopefully better than you are, just like a, just like a parent to a child. Like I hope Maya achieves far more than Helena and I ever, ever will and faster and more efficient and that will be better than her, like just learning from us and being mediocre. We want her to be like super impressive. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good idea there, I think. And you're right. You, you totally changed my world and introduced something to me that I didn't understand. Uh, and um, yeah, I remember, remember talking about that specifically it started with ARC uh, investments, I think, too. I remember we talked about Tesla and then found out about Offer. I think Tesla was before Arc because of Offer. So you knew about my Tesla holdings, I'm guessing. Probably before Arc, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. You you still have shares of Tesla? That's exciting. Yeah, long-term holding. So different uh, distinctions here. We're talking about uh, mentor, mentee student to teacher and all that and then we're talking about where the relationship takes a turn and the two people are now able to give each other value you have acquaintances usually one-way street in passing not much there um and it can change and funny enough um i just had someone who was an acquaintance reach out to me after maybe two years um, I met them, and this is why it's so important to make acquaintances as much as you can. Uh, I met them at a fish or like a, like a crab or fish party. It was like a bunch of fish being cooked and stuff like that. Um, for Fourth of July in, in Colorado when we lived there. And uh, they sat next to me and they were just were like, oh, I kind of heard a little bit about you. Um, I have so many questions. It sounds very interesting. And we had a decent conversation, but that's where we left it. And then two years later, he reaches out to me and says, you know, I'd like to hire you, uh, to help me out. Right. So now, and this has been going on for about six months. So now you have an acquaintance that has turned into mentor, mentee, student, client relationship. Now, this person is uh, not an average person. They're, they're, they're an elite performer, 
um, who has sort of needed to relearn elite performance. And so in the future, this relationship could evolve again and become even much deeper, you know, if, if they can in turn reciprocate the energy that I give them and, and sort of uplift me. And I am uplifted when I help them, but uh, that's, it's very exciting because it could change. It's an investment. I think if you want to develop high quality relationships, you need to start thinking of life as an investment. Um, and I think I've said this before. I, I do believe energy management is about understanding, uh, getting a return on your energy. Um, there is a return on the investment there, or I guess ROE, return on energy. And what we give out is only is only so good as what can potentially come back in and it, it's not selfish in the sense that it's narcissistic hopefully right we, we don't want it to turn conniving where you start to think of all you can gain um by trying to help someone you want to you want that to come about organically with the main intention being oh, i'm going to, i'm going to help this person um, I was, I was talking to a realtor the other day who, who sold, sells houses or wanted to sell houses. I'm sorry. A young man who, uh, worked at a grocery store, another acquaintance I randomly started talking to, and he, he wasn't sure about the sales aspect of selling houses. And I said, well, it's not about the commission, is it? It's about the visualization and fulfillment of how amazing it would be to, to, to find these people the house that they want for their purposes, whether that's a forever home or a investment property or something like that, you know, how, how much better you could sleep at night knowing that you were the medium uh, middleman for them connecting to this karma now that they're experiencing. So I think that's the way to look at it. I think Tony Robbins talks a lot of a lot about that as well yeah that's definitely how to how to do that and now again going back when you mentioned mentor gets a lot back from the success of their student so i told you before we started recording i'll be going to an event and there will be a lot of high value individuals there i'll know i know the position i'm in it will be a student position I, i'm not really on equal grounds i don't know if this is like the right term, terminology to use but yeah, i'm definitely not on equal grounds with them they definitely have a lot more value than me with how i currently am <clears throat> so what is a way to make a good impression on them from the perspective of someone who doesn't have as much value to give mm -hmm. yeah so, uh, uh praise and and uh, external uh, validation of superiority. Now, a lot of people won't like that. A lot of people don't jive with that. But there's nothing more important when you're trying to learn from someone by saying out loud how much more they know than you do, and what your what your true goals are, because those people are looking for you. They're looking for people to teach. And if you stay quiet, admire in silence, uh, appear, you know, uh, what is the word? Tempid or, or hang on a second. Is that an actual word for other than just like the temperature of water? Okay. It's like a thermometer. Okay. Marked by an, so I meant to say tepid, marked by an absence of enthusiasm or conviction. So if you're just kind of in the background, right? The relationship that you eventually want, even if it's just beyond acquaintanceship, is not gonna is not gonna happen, right? So you you so in my experience, when I've been in that situation, and I am all the time, like when when I meet someone, um, and I can tell that they have something of value, I tell them, I'm like, hey. Uh, man, you know, I would love to like 
you obviously have something to teach. Um, I would definitely love to learn from you somehow because there's something that you could teach me and, and you need to be teaching more people and things like that. And if they're not a teacher, it really kind of breaks them out of a shell. If they're already an established teacher and and something like that, um, just like I did with my stock mentor, I approached him, you know, online and I was like, Hey, I can tell that I've been watching your movements for, for a while. I've never seen anything uh, quite like it. And uh, I would love to establish a mentorship and uh, I'm happy to pay for that as well. And he, and, and he's, he, and I had to bring it up. He avoided mentioning any kind of service until I brought it up and he said, Oh, I do offer that, um, you know, for, for a small handful of people. And he, he has like 80 students right now. Um, and he, honestly, he must be working like over 12 hours a day, the amount of time he's online. And like, there's, you can, it's just extremely available. It's, it's, it seems exhausting actually. And he doesn't even charge that much. So you have to approach them. You have to uh, make known what's going on or else you don't seem that convicted and uh, with, or, you know, having high conviction. So a step up to the plate. When I went to the monastery, the first thing I said, when they asked, what do you, what do you want? I was like, I need training. I need this. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I know that without a teacher, I won't make it in this field. And uh, I'm thinking that this is the place that trains me for a long, long time. And was, my intentions were very clear. So you don't want to be wish-washy when you're approaching uh, someone of higher value. It's like, it's like in an intimate relationship, when you approach uh, someone you want to date, you should say it. You should say, hey, uh, and it's so simple. Hey, I really enjoyed uh, our time together and I want to do it again soon. I, I want to keep, I want to keep talking. I want to keep hanging out with you and spending time with you. I think you're uh, pretty amazing. And that's what gets you out of the friend zone so damn quick. Like, cause a lot of people don't say that cause it takes a little bit of courage. And then all of a sudden the person thinks, oh, like, yeah, they're kind of cool to hang out with but it doesn't seem like they have strong conviction towards me. Um, looks like they're just a friend. It's when you, it's when you step forward and say, Hey, here's my intentions on like a big sign. Uh, this is what I want out of this. And, and I'd like to develop this more Then that's when the person is like, Oh, okay. Here we have someone uh, approaching who is worthy, you know, because they have a little bit of courage to state their intentions. I think that's important. Does that make sense? Yeah. So just to say theoretically, if you're approaching a billionaire, realistically, as a younger adult, you probably don't have the kind of money for their time to exchange that time for money. So if they see you're a competent individual with conviction, is offering your time to them viable? That's a good one. Um, I've had, a, and I've had a little bit of experience with that. It can go two ways. Yes, uh, an internship of some sort where there's pure education um, is a one route to go. And my, actually my friend Neil is in one of those situations right now working under the president of a company. Uh, but he, he kind of, his father knew, knew, knows him. So that's another way. You offer your time cold, right on the spot. Hey, how do I get where you've gotten? I, you know, you see him driving a nice car. You can go up to someone and say, hey, how did you get that car? Like, how do you... Honestly, one day I want to knock on people's houses when people aren't so scared. <laughs> like, how did you, what's your story behind buying this house or owning this house? Cause I used to, I used to knock on people's doors when I sold asphalt. The um, thing with that is if there's a way you can 
as they record their response, then that's something that you could even upload online that would definitely get attention from people because it's something that a lot of people would be interesting interested in. Yeah, have you ever seen the 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 videos where people do that? Like they go up to people I've seen a video nice, like that. Yeah, in nice cars <laughs> and they're like, yeah. "Hey, hey, what do you do for a living?" So that's the same idea. Um, so a simple way that everyone can apply this right away is that you you don't bother someone, but you just you ask them if you can have a quick word of advice to a younger person who wants to walk in those footsteps. And no one will, I mean, almost no one would deny you one piece of advice. And one way I've actually developed acquaintanceships with some powerful people is we frequent the same places. That's why it's so important to move to places where high-valued individuals and elite performers live. Um, California is well known for that and specifically like helena wanted to move here because it's beautiful and uh we are one town over from like famous people and even in the town we live in a lot of well-known ceos live here and you know when we drive to the gym we're parking next to bmws mercedes teslas and maseratis ferraris things like that that's all we see at the local gym if you want to be around people that are achieving their goals, you know, you have to kind of live near them somehow. Uh, it's very important. My favorite way is, is, is to just ask people uh, to have a word of advice. Now, what's also interesting is when you're in like in the gym facility, I have met amazing people that have turned into friends at gyms. There's something about the gym environment. People are kind of relaxed. They're not on edge. They're not in traffic. They're not in the world quite yet. They're in their own world. And fitness is always a great place to be. There's dopamine rushing. And you know that both people that are in a gym are there to improve themselves. So yes. that's the first commonality you have. Yes. Yeah. And and I've talked about it on the show. I've, I've met... Um, some really amazing people uh, that we've yet to interview, actually, that we need to set up an interview with um, at the gym, just working out like, hey, um, the latest uh, fellow I met at the gym, Jesse, who uh, it took it took two or three hellos. I know I knew from seeing him drive in that he drove he only drove uh Sport, uh, high, high high performance sports cars and he always saw me there and and I kind of do a lot of unusual things like hand balancing and uh, advanced calisthenics and stuff so people are like oh this guy isn't like normal from what he's doing so that's why it's important to like stand out a little bit if you want um, and so I can't remember how, but I think just a few locker room. Hey, um, you know, oh, I think I went up to him and I was like, uh, man, it feels so good to finally get here, you know, because the amount of energy it takes to get to the gym. And he's like, man, I know. So all of a sudden, <laughs> boom, yeah. his willingness to kind of relax right in that moment and reciprocate that language. It was like, okay, here's a connection. And Raj, hey, I'm Jesse. And then all of a sudden you start talking. Then you kind of forget. You see them again. You're like, oh, what was your name again? And then the other day, I see him after a little while. And we talked for like an hour and a half on the gym floor, surrounded by people working out. And we just stopped right there. And we started talking about companies and businesses, RVs what he does, what I do, who, and he was just like, whoa, here we go. We have someone here. And, and, and it's just like, and I'm the one who brought up a project. I'm like, we should, there's like, let's connect here. There's something here. And he's like, absolutely. And so, you know, uh, like we've mentioned on the show before, uh, 
humility is huge. You've got to approach someone with courage and humility and um, be open and like, just be your, be yourself. It's when people are like closed off and they have the wrong intentions. Maybe they're greedy and they're like, Oh, how much, you know, how much money can I extract from this person? Ain't going to work. That's not it. That's not what it's about. It's really about what, uh, who do we have on the show that was talking about that? Danny. Danny Miranda. Yeah. Danny Miranda saying it's like love is the foundation of these kinds of connections that that's spot on. That's perfect. It's, it's, it's not like how big can our projects get? It's like, how much better can I be by talking to you and like how much more fulfilled and can I be, and, and can I somehow offer value to you at that, at at the point that I'm in, in my life, I kind of know that I have value to give. And so talking to people is very easy. I just know that I can easily say something that they've never heard of before or that they connect with on a deep, deep level. So you want to, you want to establish two things. Either you want to establish that you know nothing or you want to establish that you know something and you go from one of those routes. And sometimes you can use both. You can definitely use both or you can just use one. The, the young beginner who hasn't really achieved something unusual yet, you've got to kind of be like, I know nothing. I know nothing. And then later you can be like, not only do I know something, but I'm also in the position where I know nothing. And so we, there's definitely a lot of value here that can go back and forth. It's odd. Same thing, same thing with a relation, intimate relationship. Like all of this stuff ties into everything, everything. That's why Mushashi said, no, no, uh, one man, no 10,000, right? If you understand the principle of people in general, then you can under, you can navigate and comprehend all aspects of life because aspect, because life revolves around human relationships and connection with people. If it doesn't, then I don't know what kind of life that is really. I don't know where you'd be or what situation that would be in. I mean, even the stock market, you're, you're, you're communicating with other people. That's how a market gives value. Other people are assigning value. So it's like, what, is the, what are other people talking about here? What are they interested in? What is the story being told with the buying and the selling? So it's the same thing. And going back to building high quality relationships, time is an interesting variable in that equation. Because when building a relationship with someone, you don't want to be pestering them every single day with messages, as an example. And then you don't also just want to contact them maybe like once a year because you're not really getting anywhere with building a relationship. So there's some kind of balance there as well with time where after a conversation, I guess you need to give it some time to ferment and maybe contact them in a week or so. Or like, I guess it depends on on the situation. But yeah, there's, there's some kind of balance to do with time as well, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's delicate. It's definitely delicate. It's, it's definitely case specific. It's uh, there's no, there's no hard rules that can really help except feel it out, feel it out. Some things definitely need to settle. Um, Rushing something could be, could ruin it. Letting something, uh, sit for too long could ruin it so both are true everything is true here um it just depends on what you're what you're trying to accomplish with the with who and with specifically the 
the proximity of you both, do you, you know, like with me, if I'm trying to make a connection with someone at the gym, I know we both work out there. It's, it's not really something to rush. It's, it's something to like really let, let, let happen organically, genuinely. It, let's see. When's the last time I connected with someone in, like in, in a rush? Okay. When you have a once in a, in a, in a blue moon meeting with someone and you will not see this person again, you need to connect immediately. You need to say, Hey, can we exchange information? Do you want to follow me on Twitter? I'll, can I follow you? You know, establish a uh, connection to their one of their socials, uh, their phone number, and then do the thing there. So this last connection I had with someone uh, who was actually an RV client, and it was like we were handing off the RV. He was giving it back to us. Uh, we found out that we were kind of like-minded and had some value. And it was like, hey, like we need to connect right away. And it was like, he, I gave him my Twitter account. He opened up Twitter and he's like, okay, I just followed you. That's me right there. And it's like, boom, okay, I got you now. Now uh, I've tethered you. In other words, I can't lose you. You're going to go off into your life. You're going to go do your thing. And um, I, if I ever need to kind of touch back in, I got you right here. That's the way to do it. If you're in a, if you're in a rush. So I guess that happens a lot, but then people just don't reach out. Neither party ends up reaching out and then it just ends up staying as that, just a contact in your Twitter. So what yeah, would you if, recommend like either saying, or what would be the first thing to like establish that continue establishing that relationship through yeah, message if, or whatever? If there's something there, definitely you've got to follow up. I mean, you've got to, you've got to be the one to reach out. If you're the uh, student, um, you've got to be the one to, to do the reaching out. Um, if you reach out and there's nothing, eh, that's okay. Wasn't meant to be. We've, we've got to have some kind of faith that, that our connections, or as I say, our connectors and the people that we're supposed to meet in order to reach different aspects of our life or other people, they're going to come somehow. And, it, and there's also going to be like practice people. There's going to be practice events that this thing or this person is not the thing that it's not the one that you were supposed to really connect with, but this is, this is practice. This is a way to kind of explore courage and, and express yourself. And, and you know, like in a relationship, in an intimate relationship, you don't really want to meet someone that you're supposed to be with forever, like right away, because you don't know anything either. So it's like you meet, you meet a few people before that person, something like that kind of thing. That, that happens to me all the time. I, 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 I meet someone, I reach out to them and it's just like a dud. And it's like, yeah, oh, oh, well, it's just, maybe it's just not the right time. Uh, just doesn't quite make sense. Uh, and you never know. I mean, I, like I was saying earlier about the client that I have now, when we met in the backyard in Colorado a few years ago, I was very open to training him, uh, but it wasn't quite right. Was he had he, he he had my contact, and um, I don't think I ever followed up. I don't follow up with potential clients. I don't think um, I, I let them reach out to me, and and it just wasn't you know. It took two years, and then he was like, "Okay, I'm ready." So, um. That's what it was. That's what it was. I mean, as a student, you're never short of teachers. If you think that there's only one person you need to connect with to make your dreams come true, that's that's not accurate. Um, 
There are teachers on every corner in today's world. You take your pick. It's a, it's a student's market. Uh, I mean, you can connect with famous people now, uh, you know, and genuinely like meet extremely high valued individuals very quickly online. Um, you take your pick nowadays. Um, and don't get discouraged if it doesn't work out or just wasn't meant to be. I mean, there may be something to learn there, your approach, you know, how you came off or uh, what stage you're at, you know, maybe, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I have nothing else. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's hard to pontificate about it because uh, it's so fluid. I think that's why life is so hard to talk about for some people. Sometimes it's, it's the education is in the experience. And um, that's why we really need to slow down. I can't recommend anything more than, than that's like the biggest thing. Slow the moment down. So you don't have any regrets. Slow the moment down. So you don't have any regrets. If you finish with an experience and think later on, God, really wish I said this. Oh, I missed this one opportunity. He was, they were right there. You know, and it's like, you should have made something happen that, that was supposed to happen. I think, you know, the, some of the, my most meaningful connections I was just like persistent to us, to a stranger. I was just like, like I was telling that story of how I met this amazing woman in the gym. This, uh, who, who we're going to have on the show eventually when she has a minute. Um, I started working out with her. I wasn't going to let this opportunity like, Oh, Hey, are you using that piece of equipment? Um, Oh no, go ahead. And then like walk away and you're like, who is that? Who was that? It's like, uh, let's work out in between. And then it's like, who are you? And it's like, what? But that's, that's like that, that kind of pausing in the moment. Like here I am, I'm not going anywhere. Here's what I want to know. Uh, let's establish this connection. And if they, uh, if you've done your best and it still doesn't work, Hey, you have no regrets, right? Because you can think later after the experience, I was totally present. I was totally there. My intentions were known and uh, no one was receptive. No regrets. And that's way better than wondering, hmm, I wonder if I could have tried harder or something like that. You know, it's like, no, I totally, totally put myself out there and nothing came of it. So it, it's uh, a total, I just tried my best. That's really, that's really the teaching, I think, for any interaction. Because people are uh, fearful, yeah, of failure, especially with relationship, intimate relationships. Uh, someone you're attracted to or something, you're like nervous about being shut down. It's like, no way. Cannot let that fear get to you because there could be something there and you, you missed it because you, you were shy or something like that. That, that doesn't work. That, 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 being shy doesn't make meaningful relationships. It's, it's when you're, unco you're uncomfortably putting yourself out there and exposing yourself. Um, I mean, Wayne Gretzky, one of the greatest sayings ever. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. No, that's the one of those beautiful things I've ever heard. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And I think about all the time that with the stock market, you know, you could lose um, your money if you buy a, a, a buy a stock. You could, you could totally lose. And like really quickly too, if you have a stop loss, um, you mitigate risk, right? Risk management is important. Um, 
and your stop could get hit, but you can't lose your creativity and your spontaneity and your ambition just because you lose at things. You have to try something else. I learned that from uh, one of the monks. Just every meeting that we had, and this is a senior monk. He had some idea about something and almost every day, his senior was like, no, that we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good idea. Or we don't have the money or it, timing is wrong. And um, I just went to his office after one of the meetings and I was like, is it me or do you see a pattern of you being rejected? And he was like, oh, pff, you don't even see half of the rejections I go through. How does that even work? How do you, why do you keep coming back? And he's like, something's going to hit eventually. <laughs> something's going to hit. I just need one. I just need one project to go through. I just need one idea. And um, that'll be like a major accomplishment for that year. That's and, admirable uh, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, he, see, he wasn't seen as a fool because of the failure he in fact uh what was it later um he was used as an example by one of his seniors in a class and when uh his name was kumar swami he was the direct senior to him and he's like you guys see how he like just comes up with stuff all the time right and we don't take it you know it's not viable all the time but 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 look at that, you know, that's, that's, that's good. Keep doing that. Cause, cause if we need something, he's, he, we know he has an idea uh, or he's engaged. So yeah, that's, that's the key. And I was telling that to a trader uh, the other day who I talked with on Twitter, I told him he should be on the show. I mean, he's like, I'm a nobody, but I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, we can talk anyway but he's, he, he loses, you know, he's, he's just learning about different time frames and, and how to read charts. And, um, you know, he's like, yeah, I don't think it's going to work out. It's like, but it's like the next trade will work out. And it's like, if it's not that one, it's this one. If it's not that one, it's this one. And if I traded, if my trading career lasted from my last failure, I'd be finished almost every day. I wouldn't continue from my last loss. So I would never trade again because I lose all the time. 50 bucks here, 80 bucks here, 75 here, 150 here, lost. But my last win, 500 here, 600 here, 1200 here. And, uh, that big win would have never came unless I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try this. This pattern looks good. Anyone else would try this and you put your stop loss. And um, you, in the end, you make more than you lose. I mean, it's, that's it. So same thing with life, same thing. Okay. That's probably enough. That was good. I like that. Good episode. All right, friends. Until next time. Goodbye, Rush.